Listener Production. On today's edition of Footy Talk, Jay-Z and myself will dissect all the action from the Good Friday game, the Thursday night clash between Brisbane, Collingwood and the big headline that will be Monday morning's newspaper. That's all up next on Footy Talk. Ah, yes, hello and welcome to Footy Talk on this Saturday, your Easter Saturday. Joey Montagna here with Jay-Z Clark as we look at the games that have been played so far on the weekend and have a look to the games coming up. Today and tomorrow, Jay-Z, happy Easter yeah, happy, to you. Happy Easter, Joey. What have, if you have, what have you eaten? What chocolate have you eaten so far? What have you demolished? I got home from the footy last night and I looked at a lint bunny, gold little lint bunny was just staring at me. I thought, I'll just have the ears. And then I just have that <laughs> bunny. And then the whole thing just disappears. We spoke about this. I'm not a lint man. I'm just a cabri man. And yeah. I just like the little eggs. I go to the, the little ones and uh, getting through plenty of them. But we had our <laughs> little Good Friday lunch. Yes. With Catholic Italian family. We had the seafood lunch, oh, spaghetti marinara, nice. some prawns. Some Went white wine with that? Saw the family. Uh, I had to drive. I let Erin have the – she has the white wine. Okay. I drove down at Rosebud and, yes. and back down. A big weekend of footy. Yeah, massive. Plenty on. We never have Easter holidays in the footy season. No. So let's just crack – Straight into it, Jay, because last night was the big clash or the afternoon between Carlton and the Kangaroos, the Good Friday game. And I tell you what, didn't they put on a show? It was well-received, huge crowd, pretty good game. I really enjoyed the contest. And in the end, Carlton were two good 23-point winners. Yeah, lots to come out of this, I thought. And firstly, from a broad brush perspective, big tick, these are the teams, right? So it's Carlton and North Melbourne. You can see with a crowd of 49,000, both clubs did a massive job throughout the week. I reckon the Bulldogs tried... Forget about the Bulldogs. It'll be Carlton, North Melbourne going from here. You can lock them in, I reckon. They've done such a good job, and they deserve to, these two teams. And credit to North Melbourne. They were brave early. Harry Shearzel, outstanding. But I thought the story out of this was Carlton. Because for me, Joey, they played one cut. Well, they played one quarter, right, yep. yesterday. Mm-hmm. They played that third quarter where the two key forwards turned it on and their midfield got going. Otherwise... I thought the Blues were pretty average. Mm. I thought they were ordinary. So for me, this indicates the big takeaway for me was here is a Carlton football club, I reckon, in second gear. And they're on three and a half wins. So they're on three and a half wins from the opening month. Last night, they only played one quarter of footy and did enough to get past North Melbourne. wonder what's going to happen if this footy team can actually click. What did you think? I'm a bit with you. I was um, coming in this morning thinking half glass full from a Carlton perspective. You're knocking off wins. Um, but not playing your best football. And yeah. I think that's a positive because, as we know, you, you, your football at the end of the year is always different to what it looks like at the start, and you want to build into the season. And Carlton, for me, have still got um, concerns about the way they're moving the ball, and at times they were getting beaten up, and we'll touch on the Kangaroos midfield in a minute, but mm. beaten up around the ball, which is normally their one would. Mm. But yet they were still in the contest. They put their foot down for a quarter, and as you said, they were still too good. I think that's a pretty good sign. Yeah, Oregon, you don't want to be playing – your best football right now. You don't want to be humming and up and about, but you need to be banking wins. That's what's important. Blues are doing that. The big boys, we expected them to get a hold of the Kangaroos' defence, missing Mackay and Logan. That's what they did. Mm -hmm. So it took them a while. Gee, they were slow and stodgy with their ball movement in the first half. They they didn't even go through the corridor once. And I was sitting watching it going, gee, I'm not sure this is how they want to play. And then uh, Michael Voss said they they made the adjustments. They played much more direct and a bit quicker, gave the big boys a chance. 
and that's why the third quarter did what they did. Spot on, Joey. And there were some positional moves inside the coach's box we can, which we can bring you into early. So what happened at halftime? Sam Doherty moved from halfback into the midfield. I think he'd only had about eight possessions quite, in the first yeah. half. So it's quiet. George Hewitt was similar. I think he had seven or eight as well in the in the first half in the middle. So they swapped them two around. So the Doherty move we've been talking about all, all summer. He went to the middle. George Hewitt went to the halfback. Um, Ed Kerno went on to Luke Davies' uniac yep. to try and quell him. And exactly as you said, the directive from the coach's box was going more direct, more straight. They were mucking around with it. Yeah. Fair, fair to say. And wide and slow. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And it's and that wasn't, you know, Michael Voss was saying that that's not the that's not necessarily the plan. The plan yeah. is to take the game on from Carlton and have those different modes. So, um, and Cripple was probably a little bit down in that first half, 11 first half possessions uh, before he uh, had more influence in the second half. But what about the other side of this coin? Um, we're seeing, you've been in footy for a long time, Joey. You've got as good as I around young talent in anyone, as anyone in the game, I think. What are you seeing with Harry Sheasel? We talked a lot about Jason Horn Francis. Mm. What the hell is going on with, with Harry Sheasel? Has he led their possessions for, four, for their first four it's games a, of his it's career? It's phenomenal. And what is amazing about Harry Sheasel is oh, we watched a bit of him playing in the under-18 footy. He was obviously going to be an early draft pick, but he was a forward. Yeah. He was doing all his damage as like we were talking like a, a Stevie Johnson or a Toby Green, yeah. like someone that was just going to make things happen in the forward half. Yes. And, that's, and I rate... I've got a thing with forward half talent as a junior. I rate, and there's a reason why, because they are natural footballers. Mm. And now you're seeing Harry Sheasel can play anywhere. Yeah. So he's dominating half back. I'm watching him now, and the way that he was able to be composed in traffic, win the footy, he could end up being a midfielder, yes. no doubt, and midfielder who could then go forward. The problem with Kangaroos, they are now stacked in the mm. midfield. Like Will Phillips is just showing signs that he's going to be able to be a player. Tom Powell, I really rate he's going to be a player, but they can't even get in the midfield yet mm. because Cunnington's playing, and obviously Simpkin and Davies Uniac at the moment are two of the hottest players in the competition. Those yep. two as a tandem, yep. I was thinking about it. Who at the moment is red hot? So you go Pendlebury, Nick Dacos, you think Petrarca, Oliver, Simpkin, Davies Uniac. I mean, they were dominating Carlton in that first half. Yep. They were all, that was the only way it looked like Kangaroos would win the game coming into it was if the Kangaroos midfield could get on top. Yep. And that's what they were doing. Yep. And they've still got George Wardlaw, who mm. wait till he plays oh. Jay-Z. He's another danger big field. talent, another danger field type through the midfield. So Kangaroos, I really like the way they're progressing. They were in this contest with no bookends. Yep. So no Mackay Glogue at one end. Yep. Larky was on one leg. Yep. And Combin, who's still quite young, you know, didn't give a lot. So if they had a forward line that was functioning, I think they would have won that game yep. or been you know, a much closer yep. at three-quarter time. So a lot to like yep. about the Kangaroos. They are coming. And what, are the, what about down back? I was sitting up in the press box, often looking to my right, and I see Jack Zebel on Harry Mackay or Aidan Bonner yeah. on Harry Mackay or Luke McDonald on Harry Mackay. And it's like, well, when Ben Mackay gets back and when Griffin Logue's back in the team, this is an exciting time for the North Melbourne Footy Club because I thought um, what was really clear is this: the, the footy team is on such a, such a better track than where it was 12 yep. months ago, if you know what I mean. Like, you can see the players are engaged. You can see that the, the plan is working. And as you talked about, the midfield talent, they got a real one wood there. And their effort was standing out. Like, what, I mean, I know they gave away a lot of free kicks, but the, the desire and the intent yes. to get after them through the midfield yep. was, was I thought, awesome. Yeah. Then you're seeing other players fulfill talent. Like, Cam Zerha, yep. I spoke about him Wednesday night. He's ready to become in that upper echelon with that type of player through the centre bounces and the forward. I mean, he had... Eight shots at goal. Yep. He kicked three goals, four, yep. and sprayed one out on the full when he was 40 metres out straight in front. Yes. And, and, like, was breaking tackles mm. and giving away free kicks. And he was a bit <laughs> stiff not to get a few other free kicks, by the way. But mm. 
There's a lot to like about the kangaroos. Did he run around on his left or did he come around on his right? That one near the boundary line, I think maybe it might have been. left. It was on his left, yeah. yeah. Fend off and yes. then broke a tackle and yes. kicked the goal on his left. He got Chera with the don't argue. Yeah, really that was smashed too. his nose off his face. <laughs> we got to talk about Ben Cunnington because he got a beloved club veteran. Like there is there is hardly a more um, respected and beloved player in the league in, in, in some respect than Ben Cunnington, the cancer battle, and just how loyal he's been to this football club and how tough he's been. I'd really take my hat off to him, but for the first time, for the first time, we saw him get subbed out last night in the third quarter. Hugh Greenwood came on. Um, he'd had a quiet day, it's fair to say, Ben Cunnington. Let's have a listen to North Melbourne coach Alistair Clarkson on the veteran and why he was taken off. Cunners has been a great player for our footy club and uh, hopefully will continue to be, but he's a, he's a clearance beast and we need him to be getting clearances for our, for our side and he'd had, he'd had none to halfway through the third quarter. So he'd be disappointed in that, but we just needed to try something, try something different. You know, we, we just can't keep blokes on the, on the field. If they're not playing their role to their capability, then um, we need to make a change and that's the way. But um, he took it in the right manner like you'd expect him to and, yeah, hopefully he'll be, he'll be better for it next week. He didn't like it at all, Joey. I was watching the interaction, and um, it's just the pride and competitiveness. Mm. Like he didn't, he didn't argue, but mm. you could just tell he was really disappointed. But ten possessions, no clearances, right call. And this is Alistair Clarkson. Any standards, Joey? Am Ab- I reading this right? Absolutely love it, Jay Z. I love it. Your standards. I mean, we talk about the Sincere, but when Ross Lyon made the decision to drop Nick Del Sano and Stephen Milne, who are two Hall of Famers at the Footy Club, it made a stand. It doesn't matter how talented you are, where no. you sit, you need to be playing your role and doing your bit. And if you're not it's nothing personal. Everyone loves Cunnington, and he's been a superstar, and I think he's still going to have some good footy left in him. Yep. But it is showing that this midfield group I just mentioned yes. are coming with a bullet, yep. and he may be on the fringe of being in their best midfield. Now, can they find another spot for him? Um, what do they do with him? I mean, I still think he'll, he'll bounce back, but I loved it from Alistair Clarkson. Just wonder whether you talk, mentioned Will Phillips. With Wardlaw coming in, I don't. I, he's the one I'm not sure where he fits. Well, he's a fr- he's right on the fringe at the moment. Yeah. But, I mean, the 17 disposal, he kicked the goal, his effort was good. I- I'm still one that more haven't forward. seen a lot. Yeah, he played yeah. A- more forward. Yeah. So it's been hard because I think his natural spot is an inside mid. Yes. But at the moment, he's not in their top three or four mids. So he's going to have his work cut out. But, you know, got to give him a chance. And um, as mm. I said, Kangaroos, really good. They're coming. But Carlton, credit to them. They yep. got the win they needed. The yep. big boys back in form. Yep. And they're ticking along nicely. Quick shout out, too, to Mitch McGovern. Been oh. a wrap for him. I know he's a... Uh, what do you call those players that are up and down, Jay-Z? He's an enigma. And maligned. Maligned and all that. But I, I rate him. I think he's going to be so crucial to Carlton's success this year with his interceptability and then his foot skills off halfback. And did it with a corky as well. I was wondering whether he might be um, injured. His numbers last night, quite incredible. 27 disposals, 11 intercept possessions, 7 score involvements and 6 marks. Great eye by you. Sam Walsh to come back um, next week. So Carlton's run from here over the next three weeks is really good, Joey. So they've they've got some opportunity here as I just look towards my fixture, which is shut down. I mean, don't you hate it when you're trying to do things and it just sort of mucks up. So they've got Adelaide next week to kickstart gather round, then St Kilda and improve St Kilda at Marvel won't be easy. And then West Coast in the, in the West, you'd think they'd um, win that. So they could be six and a half wins Mm. from seven games. Sam Walsh to come in. Adelaide St Kilda a bit tougher than I thought. I thought it maybe at the start of the year, we looked at it and thought they were more winnable games. Maybe they're a bit more challenging than we thought. Jay-Z, but hey, great stuff by you. Well After the break, I want to touch on the Brisbane-Collingwood game. Yes. Your takeout from that. And we'll yep. have a bit of a look to the weekend's games coming up. Yep. You're listening to Footy Talk. You're listening on the Apple Podcast, Spotify, or Listener. Please leave a review or a rating. Episodes every day at lunchtime.
listening to Footy Talk with Jay-Z and Joey on this Saturday. Before we look at the games this weekend, Jay, yes. let's touch on Thursday night, mm-hmm. the Brisbane-Collingwood game, because for the first time this year, the Pies were beaten and beaten up pretty convincingly in the end, 33 points. It was a good run by the Brisbane Lions. Uh, back to form, hard to work out. Brisbane, they've now beaten mm-hmm. Melbourne and Collingwood, probably the, the two, or they are the two premiership favourites, and they've lost a couple away from home, but... Pleasing for Chris Fagan and these men to get back in form. Yeah, certainly. Um, been a big week uh, for Brisbane. I wonder whether their home record is outstanding. I don't think we're given enough credit because what have they lost? Four games in five years up at the Gabba. We've got to start talking about their Gabba record like we talk about Geelong. They've won 41 of their last 49 at home. That's yep. that's that's Geelong at Kittingham Park sort yep. of stuff. So they they are a significantly better team um, at home. I mean, we talked we talked a lot about the, the key forwards and Joe Danaher sort of bouncing back to form. I mean, and everyone sort of, you know, like up in arms about how Joe was treated by the media. What what was one thing you heard from one person in the media last week that was unfair? There was nothing that was said that was unfair. I mean, they, they spoke about their competitiveness to bring the ball to ground. It wasn't saying that they needed to kick five or six goals. Or I mean, it was obvious watching the game and the start of the season, really, that Joe Danaher and Hipwood weren't sort of getting it done in the forward half. So I think it was all pretty fair and reasonable commentary. I mean... We get sensitive. I didn't hear Michael Voss in the press conference last night talk about, you know, oh, poor Harry Mackay got picked on last week because he'd only kicked two goals and every club had spoke, every media had spoken about Harry Mackay's slow start to the year. Michael Voss didn't get caught up in that. So it was surprising. It might have been too harsh. Is that the resilience that might be missing, if you know what I mean? Is Is that put a spotlight on the sensitivity as opposed to the resilience? Like, don't coaches like... Ross Lyon, what would he have said? Just well, he would have just said, "Well, we got to play part of the business. We got to play better. Yeah, we don't listen to the outside noise." Yeah, but it, what it showed me is like they'd listen to everything. Yeah, and it affected them. Yeah, you know, like then Joey doesn't want to speak to Fox Footy. Like yeah, it was a on, bit mate. sensitive, wasn't it? Do you like, know how much money they tip into the game Fox Footy in Channel Seven? Yeah, if they ask you to talk after a game when you just kick four or whatever, I reckon you, you can manage a few lines. Like to me, it just it exposed the sensitivity and resilience, which might be missing from Brisbane. But Particularly anyway. when you play on the Thursday night games like they did last week. I mean, there is all Friday. You've got, I mean, there is more spotlight on those Thursday, Friday night, night games. So that's all part of it. But if you want to play on the big stage, you're going to get a bit more harshly critiqued or a bit, a bit more of a deeper analysis than maybe some of the Saturday games, you know, and things like that. So if you want to go back on Broadway, back on Sunday twilight or Saturday yeah. twilight, like I thought it was a strange way to, to uh, handle it. But yeah. anyway, maybe I'm, um, what'd you make too of the performance? It was yeah, a strong. Yeah. And I think this, for us, we're sort of looking at Collingwood and now they're going to handle without, out the ruck. And look, I thought it was, well, this is seems strange to me, but Collingwood actually won the center clearances. 15-12 against Oscar McInerney. And that's 15-12 with two free kicks for 6-6-6 rules going yes. the way of Brisbane. So if it wasn't for the 6-6-6 free kicks, Collingwood could have been even more dominant in the centre bounce. So you take that out. I think they they scored. They were able to score from stoppages. Um, 15 shots to 10 in Collingwood's favour. So that it had nothing. The, the, I mean, yes. The ruck concept, the ruck what situation. What am I trying to say, Joe? <laughs> the ruck situation had very little bearing on the game. Nothing. So anyone, any media one that's anyone in the media this weekend that says the Collingwood ruck situation is a massive concern yeah. needs to go back and, and watch the game because I went and watched all the stoppages again. Yeah. And there was hardly any stoppages where Brisbane, because of Collingwood not having a ruckman, yeah. were able to take massive advantage. So even Oscar McInerney, people look go, he had eleven clearances. Yeah. If you really want me to break them down for you, there weren't many that were significantly influential. Yeah. It was a bit. Really what it was, it was Brisbane off turnover. Turnover game. When they, so what they did, Jay-Z, is Collingwood are smacking everyone in the mouth at the moment. Yep. They are throwing these haymakers yep. and no one's being able to handle it. Yep. If you throw punches back at Collingwood, mm. you're going to get good looks. Yep. And that's exactly what Brisbane did. Yep. There's something there for the, the opposition and the rest of the competition to look at. You mm. can't be reactive against Collingwood. 
You have to throw throw as many punches as they do, and you might get good looks in return. That's what Brisbane did, and that's why they won the game. And that leads to the shootout and attractive style of footy. What what do you think about Charlie Cameron versus Nick Dacos? That was interesting for me because it's it's to your point, right? Instead of going negative on this guy, take him on, try and score on him because he's going to try and run off and do his own thing. Put your most dangerous forward on him. I thought this flipped the script. What do you think I about agree, that? I agree, spot on. Mm. Yeah, Nick Dacos, you can get 30-35, but if we kick three goals on you... Yes, or six. Where, where's the balance? I mean, is 30 disposals worth how many goals? Yeah. I mean, it's it's. I, I liked it. Uh, I thought it was great coaching, actually. So I will yes. give Chris Fagan credit. I thought it, they did a really good job coaching-wise. Um, loved the performance, but not worried about Collingwood too much. No. I mean, they didn't play their best. They still had more sh- scoring shots yep. and inside 50s, yep. and they're still going to be fine. But it was it was good for the rest of the competition that, to see that there is a way to beat this this fly trap that Craig McRae's got going at the mm. moment yep. that everyone's been struggling to break down. Yes, Taylor Adams forward. Uh, I think Scotty got a, a – Scotty Pinnable got a knock to his leg early, so he was a bit inhibited um, in that one. Uh, Mason Cox – News from this is that he's not going to be back anytime soon. It doesn't look like next next couple of. I think he's got a scan this week, and then you know I don't think they're expecting him back in the next couple of weeks. So it still will be McStay and Frampton. Ash Johnson, big tick for him too for the other night. I, I liked his work, especially in the air. They'll be trying to uh, manage that sort of ruck situation. Jack Crisp news too, so he faces a huge week uh, on this front. Joey, we'll hear a lot about this over the next uh, few days. Of course, he's going to have a meeting with the AFL Integrity um, Department to discuss. What was in those videos? What his recollection of those videos? Whether that was him, whether he made the messages, all that sort of stuff. And then, of course, it will then lead to the question around whether he gets a drug strike or not. So you remember with Bailey Smith and you remember with Jack Ginevan, they admitted to uh, drug use, which meant a a two-match suspension and a $5,000 fine. So Collingwood's got... St Kilda and then Anzac Day, Essendon. So that's that's a huge run over the next couple of weeks. Um, and if it's too much suspension in line um, with the with the Crouch, uh, Brad Crouch and Jack Ginnivan's suspensions, Bailey Smith, then he'll be missing for those. So he's an important player. He was quiet the other night. You can imagine it would be a big emotional drain on him, but there'll be lots said about that over the next few days. Absolutely. Hey, some big games. We know St Kilda, Gold Coast is Saturday night tonight. Sydney, Port Adelaide, that's a big one for Port Adelaide to get their season back on track. Yes. Richmond, the Bulldogs as well this afternoon. So some cracking games, yep. but yep. Jay-Z, what will be the back page headline on Sunday? Where do you think we'll be looking? Because for me, I think of this, the page on Sunday, Jay-Z, I can see it. Saints sitting pretty. They'll be a game clear or half a game clear. Just looking down at the rest of the competition, Rossi Lyon and his men just having the nice merry seat from the top with a huge game against Collingwood in the gather round to come. I think the Saints on top will be the headline. Oh, you're loving it. And as the now is the 287 game, two-time All-Australian St. Kilda Hall of Fame, Lee Montagna. You are certainly up there in the echelons of the club. I think it's I just wonder if Richmond get up um, over the Bulldogs – with leaving Rewalt and Cochin on on the bench, is there a question mark about how this team is going to look and how it's going to go uh, forward? Because I don't think the Tigers can carry seven thirty-year-olds in their team every week for where things are at, unless they really start improving their play. So I think um, that'll be the sort of line of questioning, and it puts the Bulldogs in a, in a tricky spot. I know they bounced back last week, so. Um, could be the uh, Bulldogs on the back burner or yeah. something like that. Good work. Great uh, great start to the season. Great by you, Jay-Z. Enjoy you. your Easter weekend. Yes. Have fun. So to all our listeners, of course, if you do have a question for us, hit us up on Instagram at footytalk underscore pod or on TikTok. And tomorrow we'll dissect all the weekend's footy action and look ahead to a big Sunday and Easter Monday. Hope you enjoyed today's edition of Footy Talk.
listener.